Hey, everybody. Welcome to Uncomfortable Conversations About Money. I'm your host, Nicole, and if the title of this podcast made you cringe a little bit, you are in the right place. In this podcast, I really want to bring the conversation about money to the forefront because I have a passion to change the fact that money is such a taboo topic in our society. And I truly feel that the less we talk about it, the worse our relationship with money gets. It's as if you didn't talk to your significant other, your partner, your friends, and work through the issues that you have. We all know communication is key. So why aren't we bringing that same attention to money? If you're loving the show, please follow the podcast, share it with a friend, and give me a rating and review. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Pull up a seat and let's get uncomfortable. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Uncomfortable Conversations About Money. Thank you for tuning in today. Today, I'm really excited. I have a good friend of mine, Lindsay Armour, joining us. Lindsay is a former teacher turned wedding photographer, and she's an amazing photographer, and we'll get into all of that. I met Lindsay, how many years has it been now? A while ago. Five? Six years, maybe? Yeah, more, yeah, probably like six years. Yeah, we went to the same CrossFit gym, and Lindsay befriended me there, and we've kind of followed each other ever since then. She's on a path following her passions, and her career's just taken off, and I, I love watching the journey, and we're very like, women support women, rah-rah, so I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. You want to say yeah, hi, everybody? Yeah, um, <laughs> to be here. I feel like we've had a lot of text conversations about these kind of topics that hopefully we'll talk about. And it's been nice to have another, you know, lady friend that is into money and finance and entrepreneurship um, and that we can kind of like bounce things off each other. Yeah, it's great. We're forming like a little girl gang. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I want to get into like your career and your journey and um, everything. But maybe we can go back a little bit and start tell me a little bit about maybe growing up what discussions around money and career and things like that were if there were any and maybe a little how that influenced, you know, your your initial career path until now. I grew up in northern New Jersey, but pretty close to Pennsylvania, very rural, horse country, kind of the middle of nowhere. Like we didn't have a stoplight in our town. And I'm the youngest of three. I have a sister that's almost 20 years older than me, a brother that's eight years older than me. And growing up, especially um, when I was younger, money felt very tight in my family. Uh, My mom always thrifted and we always had hand-me-downs and I kind of knew like just not to ask for things because we didn't really have the money for it. Um, and I felt like from a very young age, I knew what a dollar was, you know, how, how, how hard it was. And my dad worked really hard over time, all the time. He worked for Sprint telephone company, like climbing poles. And my mom kind of had a few different jobs. She was like a secretary and then she drove the bus so she could like spend time with us. But I always, I think I felt like a little anxiety about money just because growing up, it, it felt a little bit tight. And I don't know if it's just like the way my parents acted or what, but that definitely did influence me. As we got older, my mom got a better job and things got a little bit better around the house. I do know like my parents valued like like a, taking a vacation to the Outer Banks over like things. Hmm. So they always try to like make sure to put money away for that, for like that kind of quality family time over things. But yeah, so that's just kind of a little bit about growing up and like how I felt about money. And then as far as like career path, I didn't really know, I didn't really have a lot of options. I felt like, like my parents didn't go to college. They didn't know anything about the college process. And like in my area, you know, like a stable job was to become a teacher. And I was really big into cheerleading. I cheered in college. So I thought like, hey, I'll become a teacher because, you know, get your summers off. Awesome. I could coach. (laughs) 
And I knew it was stable. I knew you got great health care. I knew you got great like benefits and a pension. So it was kind of those things always in the back of my mind. I was really into photography in high school. I loved it so much. There was like a couple of us that we asked for like, there was like photo one, photo two. And then like, we just had like our own little independent study because me and a couple of students, like we're just so into it. And I did have a desire to maybe do something with that and go to college. But um, again, in the back of my mind, I was like, you're just never going to make any money for this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't know about wedding photography or family photography at the time. I just thought it was, you know, like street art. Um, new photograph, you know, like going to New York City and just kind of what's what's around. So yeah, that was kind of my early on that I went to college for education. And I became a teacher. And coincidentally enough, I don't really love kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, have kids. Right, right. I was gonna say, if anything, my one friend, I have another friend who and I know you and Brian don't want kids don't have kids. And I always love that, that you guys were so firm on that. Because you know, you and I've talked about that could be a whole nother podcast, right about my yeah. <laughs> journey with not sh- being sure. But that's like, I have another friend who is a teacher too, and they don't want kids. And she's like, if any, there was any form of birth control, <laughs> it would be being a teacher. <laughs> But it's funny because you say all that and I feel like we grew up very similar. Like my mom and dad both worked really hard, blue collar. You know, I knew the value of a dollar. I used to sell stuff at the flea markets with my mom on the weekends. Like, and also still didn't have this like idea of a career path. I think too, and maybe I was so, I don't know, my dad would instill in me like the, almost, you're almost like nervous to to do anything. Actually, let me take that back. My parents were entrepreneurs on the side and they did so many things. But for some reason, I was always scared to kind of take that jump. But it was still that you got to go out and get a steady job and get a retirement plan and a pension and a 401k. And I I think we grew up in that like type of generation of what we were supposed to do because go to college, this and that. And we're like of that, like we all graduated college and the market crashed. There were no jobs. (laughs) Like So it's similar. We have, I think, like a similar background as far as like that journey. So I know you went into be a teacher. When I met you, you were a teacher. But did you ever teach in schools or did you always teach online school? Because I find that very no, interesting. No, I, I started off in Haddonfield. I taught okay. in Haddonfield, special education, seventh grade for a while. And then Brian and I wanted to move to Pennsylvania and his cousins worked at a cyber charter school. I was kind of like, at that time, I'd only been teaching like five years and I was just like, I don't know. I kind of like, maybe I don't want to do this. And that was just like, okay, well, I'll try this until I figure out what I want to do. So yeah, then I taught in cyber school and that was great for me. It was honestly, it was like just a different side of teaching. I worked a lot with parents, a lot of more like administrative work and things like that. But yeah, then it like, it just came down to it that photography kind of just started up again. I don't know if you want me to talk kind of about yeah, that I or was, anything. Yeah, I was going to say, so when, so I know you love photography and it was kind of like a passion project, a side project. And I think now, especially we're in this like time where everybody with the pandemic is doing a lot of side hustles or finding that, you know, side hustle, making it their main hustle. Talk to me a little bit about what, when you started photography while you were still teaching and, and what that looked like. And even maybe like the, you know, obviously there's investments and in, in, in cameras and this and that. And what did that look like? Maybe some of the conversations like you and your husband had about like, hey, I'm going to go do this, you know, and, and this is what I, I want to do. And, and what did that look like? It started with my husband had an old DSLR camera, actually pretty nice that he got in college to photograph. He was a college baseball player to photograph like his team and things like that. And I found that and I just started picking it up and I was like, okay, like we love to travel. So I was like landscape photography and I would, you know, on our trips, I would take photos and things like that. And then right around the time I got married, so about six years ago when we first met, 
I really bonded with my two photographers. They were both women and they were awesome. And right after I got married, I was like, hey, like I'm starting to do like some, fa- I had some people just ask me about like, can you take pictures of my families or can you do this? Can you do that? Um, and I wasn't really charging or anything like that because I didn't feel like it was right to charge since I was not a professional at the time. So my one photographer, wedding photographer, she just took me under her wing and it was so nice of her. And that's why I'm a huge believer of community over competition because mm-hmm. she, I was just like, hey, can I just come onto one of your wedding shoots and like third, not even third shoot, just like watch you, like assist. Can I carry your bags? Can I do anything? And she was like, yeah. She's like, if you want to bring your camera, like feel free. So I did. And she ended up like loving my photos more than her second photographers. And so she was just like, so she's like, you really, you really should kind of think about weddings. And I was like, I've never thought about this, but Mm -hmm. I really do love all things like wedding and girly and just like the party atmosphere of it and just the fun um, celebration. So I started um, second shooting for her and then really kind of like picked up rather quickly. I got very lucky, but I also, I know, I mean, I really, I worked very hard as far as the equipment stuff. I mean, photography is not a cheap hobby Mm -hmm. to get into. And I know I made some mistakes along the way. You buy, you know, cheaper gear because that's what you can afford at the time. And not that gear is everything, but especially with weddings, you need to have professional, nice stuff, um, which costs, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. So I felt like Brian and I talked a little bit about it, but I'm very, I've always viewed our marriage as like, yes, we have joint money, but we also have separate money. Mm -hmm. And this was something that I wanted to do. So what I did was any money that I made from like little shoots, I would put that into reinvesting in my business. So I never really like, not that I would have to ask him for money, but like I would never use our money for my business. Um, I kind of want to just really do it on my own. This was my thing. So I would just take any dollar and then I would like, once I had like maybe a thousand dollars together, I would reinvest it and buy like a new lens or I would like trade in a camera and buy a different camera. So for a couple of years, I wasn't really making, I mean, I was making money, but I was reinvesting it into my business, you know, website designs and courses, education. I felt like education was really huge. I I think that's great. And I can imagine Brian's probably like one of your biggest supporters. I know Lindsay's husband, Brian, pretty well too. And I think that that, it's funny because Justin and I were just, um, he's on one of the podcasts and we were talking about how we, you know, have separate money and things like that. And it's similar to like even me starting out with this podcast. I'm like, I'm going to spend some money. And he's like, okay. (laughs) You know, and, and like you said, you reinvest that in your business. And I think most people that, you know, you would think most people that are entrepreneurs go out on their own realize that you're going to have to do that for a while. So I know, how long were you still teaching when you'd made the jump to go from teaching and photography to just photography? I remember that, and I'll just back up and say this. I remember the day that you did that. And I was like, I think, I think I saw Brian's Instagram post before your own, um, like congratulating you on like making that jump. And I was like, just hyping you up in your DMs because I'm, I have always been a firm believer in people who go for their passions or, or make that jump or take that risk. And I think I was even at a point where I was like, never willing to take a risk. So I was like, living vicariously through everybody else who did things like that. So what was the point that you kind of knew, like, hey, I think I can do this full time. I'm going to make that trip. Or was there like a breaking point with teaching? Because I know nowadays, I mean, this is (laughs) everybody is like leaving, leaving teaching in droves, but you kind of did it before that. Yeah. So I mean, let's see, I was teaching and doing photography for a couple years. And it was starting to get to the point where I was All right. Well, let me backtrack here. So I was booking my own weddings. I met a guy who owned an entertainment company 
And again, I posted on Facebook asking about advice on something. And I said, community for, uh, for competition. And he came in, he brought me in for an interview and was like, hey, I need a lead photographer for weddings. And, you know, like I sell entertainment, but then I also sell photography. And it was a really great way for me to get myself out there and get more bookings and Pulse Entertainment. Shout out to them because they really, <laughs> Ross really did help me on this. And so he, you know, he'd been in the business for 30 years. His name was big and it's, and it's hard for me as a, you know, a little fish to get my name out there. So I was lucky very early on to do a lot of weddings very quickly because he would book them and I would shoot them. And so like, that was awesome. And it was coming to the point where one, like I wasn't enjoying teaching anymore. I wasn't happy. I was spending most of my time at my teaching job doing photography stuff, Mm -hmm. like editing, and I wasn't giving it my full effort. And also with like teaching, it's hard because you have a set calendar and you only get so many days off. I can't just take like every Friday off for a wedding or if I work a super late Sunday wedding and Monday and stuff like that. Um, So it was like my time was very limited and I was like, oh man, I can't take this wedding because I don't have any more vacation days or I don't have any more sick days or I'm going to get in trouble. So that was kind of there. The pandemic happened at like not the greatest time for me because I was like really starting to like gain some momentum. And then obviously weddings, like everything mm-hmm. just shut down. And that was scary money wise too, just because like I was like, oh yeah, like I'm going to have this extra money. I was trying to pay off all my student loans. Like I was like taking every dollar and putting them toward my student loans because I knew like I want if I wanted to leave teaching that I didn't want that debt. So every month, like as much money as I could toward my student loans. So that kind of happened. And Ross, the guy from Pulse Entertainment had said to me a couple of times, like, hey, like I need like an office manager here. Like I need someone to help me out. Like, would you be interested in that? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And the pandemic happened. And I was like, it's not really a great time. But then kind of like, I guess, pandemic happened in like, what was that, March? Mm -hmm. And then I guess by the end of that summer, I was like, you know what, I really don't want to go back. And he was like, all right, I'm ready to start like hiring people back. So he hired me as his office manager. So that kind of gave me the push where it was like, I had steady income with this new other job where I had a salary. I had my husband's health care, so I was very lucky in that. So I didn't have to like lose health care or anything like that. And I didn't have to because I didn't really want to be in that position where like, oh, my God, what if I don't book a wedding mm-hmm. money wise and stuff like that? Or what if, you know, we're still in that era of like people are canceling their weddings? Like it's just like not a great <laughs> industry at the moment. Yeah. It's getting way better with like, you know, COVID kind of going away a little bit. So I was like, this is great. Entertainment industry is super flexible. I can take off whenever I want. I don't have to have like set amount of vacation days or anything like that. I can keep a constant income. I can have a side hustle, which to me, that word is just like, because it's not my side hustle. Like photography is my full-time job, but I also have another full-time job. And I'm okay with that. You know, I get people asking me all the time, oh, is this your only job, photography? And I was like, no, I, I do another thing. But like, I would rather have double the income. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't have kids at home. I'll work my tail off. And, you know, and then that way it's like any extra money that I'm making is like, you know me, travel, Mm -hmm. do what I want, um, invest back into my business. So, yeah. yeah. So right now I'm working at the entertainment company and I kind of make my own hours. I do what I want. And then I, this year I'm doing about 40 weddings a year. So. Wow. That's amazing. I know you were like super, there was like times you and I would talk where you were like super booked and and like booked into the following year. And then the one time you were like, I feel like no one's booking anything. How do you deal with this in sales? I was like, you'll be fine. You know, I know <laughs> Just I keep doing like all the thing. time with that. You and Brian too. Brian's like, it takes time. It takes time. And like literally 
I mean, it was a scary winter. It's scary. Um, and then, then this like the past like month or two, like things have been going crazy, which is awesome. That's great. And yeah, and I always think like you have to ride the waves of ups and downs. And I've, I, you know, in entrepreneurship and I'm, I compare it all the time to sales because I feel like I'm, uh, yes, I work for a corporation, but I'm basically running my own business. If I don't sell anything, I don't make money. So it, it's that same level of, you know, up and down. And you think 10 years later, I would have some answer of how to ride the wave, but there's just, there's none. You just go with it. And you know that, you know, I think as long as you keep putting good work out, which you do, good things are going to happen. You know, I think like I was just talking about this earlier, like put good into the universe, you do good work. Like you said, you reinvest back into yourself and your business. Like it's all going to come back. And if we're living in a place of like fear, we're just going to perpetuate that. If we're coming from a place of like abundance and and obviously fear is normal, but like, you know, there's only so much I can perpetuate in my own head that it's going to continually like become my reality. And that's kind of what I've been like reading or buying into, let's say lately, but you know, if it works, it works. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And like, I, that's the one thing that I love about having my own business versus teaching is that I feel like the harder I work, the more money I can make, you know, teaching just everyone kind of depending on your credits and your years, that's what you make, no matter if you do nothing all day, or you are the best mm. teacher ever. Um, and so like kind of controlling my own destiny, it's been life changing for me. And as a person, I've grown so much. I've learned so much. I love learning about all of the business side of things. And it's fun making money. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I think it's like fulfilling, right? Like you're like you said, you see the fruits of your labor. And you could work like I said, my other friend's a teacher and she sometimes she works till like seven o'clock at night. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, there's that whole thing now going around social media. And I think I'm gonna write a blog post about about quiet quitting, like just doing what you're paid for no more, no less, like, because that's what's leading to burnout. Employers need to recognize that. But when you're working for yourself, and I was just having this conversation with Justin about him going out on his own, like, you you end up working all the time, or you're always thinking about work or thinking about the next thing. And like, but th it's not as exhausting, because it's it's yours. Like, there's something about that, that you're like, you get energized about it. at least I do when I'm like, hey, we're gonna do this thing, we're gonna do that. And like, it's less exhausting than when you're just like doing it for the man, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know last night I had a client email me like at nine o'clock at night. I just was checking my email and I was like, she's like, oh, can you talk? Like she hadn't booked me yet. And um, I was like, well, yeah, I'm available tomorrow night. She's like, can you talk like right now with my mom? And I was like in bed, like had my melatonin. like, <laughs> And I was like, gotta get up. I was like, sure, no problem. Let's talk. Yeah. Um, and I didn't mind it. But if it was like right. for a boss that told me that, I'd be like, no, go. Mm -mm, mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to bed. Well, yeah, my business hours are nine to five. Like, don't bother yeah. me outside of that or something. So no, and I think that that's great. And I'm sure that, you know, like your husband understands. I mean, he's his family has a business. So it's kind of you guys are kind of cut from the same cloth in that way where there's that entrepreneurial spirit, I assume. And and there's that kind of understanding, like you're growing your business, you're doing this for to better, like you said, yourself and, and your relationship and further your future. And, and I know, like you said, making money's fun, right? Like, this is why also I wanted to start this podcast, like people don't want to talk about money, good, bad or indifferent, like, they're afraid to talk about money when they're in debt, they're afraid to talk, I'm afraid to talk about money when I make good money, like, you know, and I've gone through that where like, you almost feel bad about buying something nice for yourself. Like why we work so hard, that that's what we should be able to do. And that was gonna be one of my other questions to you, because I know you love to travel, you love to like, go to the gym, all these things that like fill you up. And maybe talk a little bit about like, we I love saving for trips and vacations. And I think we all need that refresh, right? We need to invest money in ourselves in more ways than just professional, like invest money in yourself to go on vacation to, to expand your mind to just have some downtime. So how do you build that in. I know you talked a little bit about like wanting to spend money on vacations. How do you build yeah. that in? And how do you think that fills you back up to then come back and do your job better? 
So my husband and I, we have a vacation fund, a separate like savings account that we started and we put a couple hundred bucks a month into it. And it's so nice because up until maybe a couple months ago, so my husband's family owns electrical contracting company. He works for the union and for them, but he was an electrician doing outside work and the union pays him. And so when he would take off, he wouldn't get paid for those times. So it was like, you're spending money to take vacation. But then again, we're losing a lot of money because he's not working. So that was the kind of the reason behind it too, was like, okay, we'll have this vacation fund. And that way it's like, I felt like we weren't really spending money because it was just kind of put away throughout the year or throughout however long. And if I had some like extra money or something like that, I would toss it in there. And that made, you know, traveling feel like a whole lot less guilty. Mm -hmm. Not that I really had any travel guilt around it because it was, you know, it's so good for us. I love it. It fulfills me. It's like one of the reasons why I didn't want to have kids. I wanted to be able to kind of explore the world. I think there's so much that we haven't seen or, you know, we don't know and different cultures and things like that. But yeah, so that's one thing we do. We do um, a travel fund, just like about like our, I don't know if you want to hear about like how we work our money as a yeah, I love married it. couple. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we put about, I think like 80%, 90% of our paycheck into one fund that is for all of our houses, house stuff and houses. I don't, we don't own multiple houses, <laughs> one house. <laughs> and um, we're not there yet. Not, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So all of our house stuff goes in there, like into like then part of our savings, if we have extra things like that. And then we also have our own accounts. So kind of like we give ourselves like an allowance, which mm-hmm. is great. And that way it's like he has money, you know, like if he he loves to golf. So if he wants to do golf trips or spend time with the guys or do whatever, like I, I'm not going to get mad about it because it's like money put aside and that's his money. And same thing, if I want to spend my money on Amazon <laughs> or shopping or whatever, <laughs> I, you know, I like to shop. Uh-huh. Um I can do that too. Or if I want to take like, like, I just took a girl's trip to Montana. So like I wanted to do that. That was my money. I saved, you know, and that was fine. So yeah, that's kind of how we do our money. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Montana, it's funny because you were just in Glacier National Park. And just last night, Justin said, it's, you know, it's two years today that we were in Glacier. And I was like, oh my God, I want to go back. Yeah, and It's because of you yeah. that we went. I'm I mean, so- really. Well, we were ready. We had like our whole travel binder. Like, you want to see where we went, you know, like, and, um, but that's what I think, you know, all the business of aside, you and I always connected on, we're very similar in, in the travel and in business and, you know, working out, things like that. I feel like it's, it's hard sometimes to find people that understand and connect. Like some, like you said, everything is, comes at a cost, right? Whether it's spending, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month for a CrossFit gym, people might be like, you can go to Planet Fitness for $10. Like there's a cost associated with everything. And I think the more, I think I look at a lot of it as an investment in myself, in my relationship, and I think you do as well. And we have to do these things to recharge and refill and yeah. and set ourselves up to then be more successful, to then make more money, to then do more things, right? Yeah. I mean, you talk about CrossFit. It's not cheap. And I used to get, you know, I've been doing it for 10 years and I've been getting, I used to get people be like, how could you spend that much money on a gym? And I was like, and this was before I really spent money on Lululemon. So I could use this, but I can't use this now. I'd be like, well, you buy like $100 leggings or like $100 (laughs) jeans. So like, I'm going to use it on a gym membership where one, I meet all my friends Two, I get an amazing workout that fulfills me. 
and it makes me healthy and a better person. So like, why would, like, if I'm going to spend money on anything, it's going to be basically investing in myself and my health. hundred percent. And if you're paying a hundred and some dollars a month for a gym membership, you're going to go. If I pay $10 a month yeah. for Planet, I'm not going to feel so bad about not going. Like that's. <laughs> that <laughs> then, is their whole, like Planet Fitness's whole thing is they yeah. don't want you to go. They don't that's want you to go. They're going to feed you cookies and pizza. Don't go there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. And, and warning to anybody who decides to go out and join a CrossFit gym, you will eventually start buying. Like now it's like, I got to get those shoes and I got to get those leggings and you know, whatever. Yeah, so it's like and everything I wear is Lululemon. So I can't same. say that anymore. Lululemon sponsor us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so let me ask you about, I know we talked about you making the jump from teaching to photography. And I had this little quote here that I came across and I thought it was like fitting for you. And it says, if you feel like there's something out there that you're supposed to be doing, if you have a passion for it then stop wishing and just do it. Were you ever, and I'm sure was there a fear anywhere along the line? Like, hey, I'm leaving this, like you said, like a steady job, although it's not fulfilling me, I don't love it. Or was it kind of like, I'm just going to like, go for it, see what happens, trust the universe? Like, how was that? Or were there any conversations that you and Brian maybe had? Like, hey, if this doesn't work out, or, you know, it was there was a fear. And honestly, it was mostly other people's what they thought, which mm. was kind of sad. My mother-in-law is a teacher and, you know, like my sister-in-law is a teacher and my Brian's cousins are teachers and my parents, like that's all they ever knew. And like, that was kind of my identity. And like, Mm. so it was more like, what are they going to think? And I knew I was going to get a million questions of like, what about healthcare? What about this? What about that? What about this? And it's like, okay, well, one, I kind of, and this is what I do recommend, like, I mean, if you're kind of in a similar position to me, is that like you don't have to like jump straight from your nine to five to your passion project. Like I have this other job that I'm doing that fulfills me um, and it allows me to work more on my, you know, my business as well. So that was that was very helpful for my fear because I knew that I had some sort of constant income. Brian was very encouraging, like you you can do this, just do it. And I always knew, like, in the back of my mind, if I really want to go back to teaching, I have a teaching certificate. Like, I can go back, like, which is like anything in life. You know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like, what's what's the worst that can happen? And I and again, like, I set up some things in my mind to make sure that it would be easier. So, like, one, I paid off all my student loans. I didn't have any, like, major debt hanging over me at all. Two, I was lucky enough to have a spouse that was supportive and, like, God forbid something were to happen, like, we would be okay, you know, Mm -hmm. like, we have a savings and everything like that. And I think if I was single, I would have probably, you know, put aside XYZ amount of months of, you know, just, like, safety money just in case. So, yeah, I wasn't, like, obviously a willy-nilly kind of just, like, jump into it. I really did kind of make sure that, like, okay, I knew where my health benefits were. I knew, like, to talk to a financial advisor to like, cause I had my pension that I had to like roll over to, you know, Roth IRA and like all of that kind of stuff and kind of figure that out because that's kind of hard, anything like yeah. that. But I wanted to make sure all of that kind of stuff was set up before I did leave. So I did do, you know, a lot of back work on that. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a good point for anybody out there who might be listening, who's, you know, has, is doing something that they really love or looking to make a jump or anything like that. Like let's plan, plan it in advance. You know, if, if you can, if you're, if you're like, Hey, I think I might want to do something to start planning, you know, and they always say in sales, there's like a cheesy saying that it's like, if you don't, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail or something, but (laughs) you know, some people are pushed into having to make a jump because of something happening, like losing a job or whatever. But I think if you have the ability to start planning ahead, you know, I always look at it like we're going to be working for like, I mean, 20, 30 more years. Like, you know, why, like, don't be, I, I don't know. I'm not afraid of change. I've changed jobs a lot. And I, to your point of saying what other people always have something to say, it's, it's like, 
that's really hard to deal with, especially when you know, kind of deep down inside, like, hey, I think I should be doing this, or I think I want to do this. And then you have like, some people from another generation saying like, no, you should like just that doubt that they put in what I've learned over the years, and maybe this is similar to you is that and I say this to one of my girlfriends all the time, he's always she's like me, I have a different idea every day. It's like, watch who you talk about your dreams with, you know, because some people just don't want like if they see you succeed, they may may they may know it or not, it might either intimidate them or they just are just I don't know, people that just don't support or not believers or not dreamers, right? And and I think I don't know, like I have had that experience where I have to watch who I talk about my dreams to because they can easily crush them. <laughs> Especially yeah, no. when it's people you want to hear them say like, "Yeah, you should do that." And maybe we don't even know that deep down inside that's what we're yearning for in some of these conversations. Mm-hmm. So, and you you talked a little bit about that how there was, you know, people that were just making you feel like maybe this isn't the thing to do and how did you kind of get through that? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times it's either their own insecurities or like, yes, they generally are concerned about you or they just like, I don't know, like you did say that like your parents are kind of entrepreneurs and things like that. Like to me, like my parents were like, okay, but this is like a creative thing. Like, do you really make money doing this? Like they don't see the wedding drivers that are charging like $10,000 for a wedding, you know, and like, and it is possible to get there. And they just, I mean, certain people just aren't going to understand it. And I think it's still like, it's funny though. Like sometimes I feel like the people that are closest to you are a little bit harder on you with those things. And especially like me, obviously what I do, like, I find it funny that like the people that you're closest to, you would think maybe would want to reach out and like support you. Like I knew you were always like, oh, hey, I need headshots or like something like that. Like you were like always so great. And then you get the people that are the outside people and Mm -hmm. they're more willing to support you. So it's just like a weird thing. And I feel like I'm finally kind of getting to that position where people are like, okay, she's a wedding photographer. Mm. And I think it's also believing it in yourself because a lot of times, you know, like I said before, people ask you, oh, is that like your only job? Or like, I shouldn't have to say like, yeah, but like they don't yeah, see it as a full time job like, or something. And that's not like, like, no, I am a wedding photographer. I do 40 weddings a year. I get a full time income from it. Like, yeah. so that's like also self doubting yourself a little bit and being like, no, yes, I am a wedding photographer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is what I do. I know. I asked Lindsay, I yeah, asked Lindsay once if I she do. wanted to take my new, <laughs> the newborn pictures of Jack. I was like, hey, listen, I know this isn't your thing, but I want to ask you because you're my friend and I'd rather pay you than pay somebody else. And it's fine if you say no. And you were like, yeah, no, it's not my thing. And I think I just did it recently with the headshots. Like, I need a new headshot. If it's not, you did them for me before. I was like, but if it's still not your thing, I get it. But I'm always going to ask you first to support my friends and their businesses. And you're like a kick-ass photographer, so why wouldn't I? Um, Lindsay did some like fake wedding pictures for Justin and I. Not fake, but it wasn't our actual wedding. We it was a style. It was a style shoot, shoot oh and everyone it, they were amazing because we didn't have fancy wedding pictures. We went got married on a beach, and I wish at that point we were closer. I think I just met I you because I would, or you weren't. I don't know if you were doing photography at the time. I would have had you come to do our. Um, pictures in St. Lucia, but back in time, back in time. (laughs) But you did, you said something else that was really interesting just now. You talked about what you charge. So I know, and you don't have to tell, you don't have to say it out, but what, I feel like that's a journey I see a lot of people that are entrepreneurs go on is how do I come up with what I charge? How do I feel like I deserve Mm -hmm. to charge this? Like who I I used to be that way, like who am I to do this or charge this? Like how have you dealt with maybe that insecurity or that like thought process in your head? It's hard. It's been definitely like, I mean, from when I used to charge nothing to, I mean, there's definitely people that should not be charging money for photography. Um, and hopefully you're not in the wedding <laughs> industry then because weddings are one day um, and you can't redo them. 
So, but everyone starts somewhere. And also every bride has a budget. So yeah, there might be brides that only can afford thousand dollars or something like that. So yeah, there's probably going to be a photographer, maybe a newer photographer that will be perfect for them. I mean, I started off, I think my first wedding, I charged like 400 bucks or 300 bucks or something like that. And I had a woman on Facebook that was just like, Hey, I'm looking for like, um, I only have like a small budget. I'm looking for like maybe a newer photographer, maybe a photographer student. Um, and I was like, Hey, here are like, you know, some family pictures I done. I had second shots and weddings. Um, what do you think? And I just looked at it as like, I'm getting experience. Mm-hmm. Like for a very long time, I didn't look at it like, okay, I'm making money. It's like, I'm getting experience. I'm getting my name out there. So yeah, I kind of just started off like that. But then as you get legitimate, I had, you know, 20 weddings under my belt and I'm like, okay, like you, you're doing a really great job and you're good. So you need to like start believing in yourself. You know, I listen to a lot of uh, podcasts and six figure photography. They talk a lot about like the business side and your cost of doing business. So, you know, for photography, I know there's a a calculator and I'm sure for any other thing, there's a cost of doing business and where you put in like all of your, you know, things that cost money for everything and then what you want to make and kind of figure that out. It does all the calculations and it kind of tells you, well, you should charge this if you want to make X, Y, and Z and be able to have savings for this and fund money for this. Um, so I would look at that all the time and I would see the number and I'd be like, that is high. (laughs) I don't know if I can do that. Um, and also, and with weddings, it also depends. Like this year I have like 41 weddings. Do I want to do 41 weddings next year? No. So like, I kind of have that ability to be like, okay, well you up your prices a little bit because then you're going to cut out some people that aren't just not going to be able to afford you. And the higher your prices, the more money you make. So the less weddings you have to do. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like a little bit easier that way. But yeah, like, I mean, I raised my prices this, I guess, like January or December or something like that. And that's when I went through that like little cold snap for, I mean, literally it was like, it felt like six months. So I like put my prices back down. I was like, oh gosh, I'm like nervous. (laughs) And now I've kind of like, somebody once told me that, you know, every couple weddings just like, raise it a hundred bucks and like just kind of keep on doing that because there are people that will pay for $10,000 wedding photographers and there are people that can't afford $1,000 wedding photographers. So like you have to realize that like your client is out there. You just have to find them. And and to your point, there are people that are willing to pay exorbitant amounts of money. And some people might look at that and say, hey, if she's charging this much, she must be really good. You know, and Mm -hmm. or if she's charging this little, she's probably not that good or whatever, you know. I mean, that's a great great conversation. People like value, put value on things. And I know I kind of fell into that spot where people like sometimes they think it's too good to be true if your prices are too Mm -hmm. low. They're like, oh, she must be scamming us or there's something like wrong with this. So when you raise your prices, I mean, kind of we all assume a higher price means quality, right? Yeah, you would would hope so. (laughs) I mean, people get duped into things all the time. They spend a lot of money and they think, oh, you know, like I spend a lot of money on this. It must be great. I'm not saying that I'm not great, but (laughs) But you know, you're going to put out good quality. It's like sales. Like I always tell people, you know, every company I've worked for, I'm like, look, we're not most of the time. I'm like, we're not the cheapest, but we're going to give you the best product and, and the best service. And here's why. And and it's what you have to. And like you said, your, your client's going to come your ideal clients are going to come when, and and I think it's, it's cool that you've kind of adjusted your prices and you're figuring out where you're, and then as time goes on, like you said, you've learned things like incrementally increasing, right. And, and, um, especially with inflation and all that other stuff that's going on out there, like you have to keep up with, I mean, groceries are more expensive now. So like everything's exactly. going up. Everything's more expensive. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And then like, obviously like 
you know, some people are like, wow, like you're really expensive or which I'm not like compare, you know, like I'm kind of in the middle ground, but like some people might say, think that. And it's like, again, like, like Lululemon leggings, like it's all about what you value. And that's fine. If you don't value wedding photography or you don't value X, Y, Z, maybe you value flowers and that's where you want to spend your money on. But there are people that value certain things and they're willing to spend the money on it. So like maybe just let people value what they want and like, don't complain about it. Yeah. (laughs) And I will say, Lindsay will come to your wedding and actually be dressed nice. So I I said this to her recently (laughs) because I went to a wedding and a couple of photographers I saw looked like hobos. I'm sorry. It just was like, you're how much money are you paying for a photographer? I get you're not a wedding guest. I'm expecting you to come in a gown, but they were literally in like flip-flops and a t-shirt. And I was like, it's just, it's just not a good look. And I I happen to see you on Instagram all the time. And I'm like, you actually look really nice when you go to weddings. Thank you. And that's like another thing I kind of learned very early on that people said, like, you want to look like you're part of the wedding. And that's because, you know, like for me, I have 200 eyes on me at Mm -hmm. all times. And if, again, if I'm showing up in flip-flops and I look like crummy, why are people going to want to spend a lot of money on me? Because I don't, I don't look like I, I'm worth it. So, you know, kind of dress to impress just for the job that you want. And that's something I've always believed in. Like, I still try to wear like heels for half the day (laughs) and like, you know, dress like wedding guests and but yeah, that's, I mean, it was a valuable lesson that I did learn very early yeah, on. Yeah, I think it's great. And I, and I, it's, I mean, look, I don't know anything about weddings or wedding photography, but I, I noticed it, you know what I mean? And like, I, <laughs> I just was like, this is crazy. And now I think I notice it every, like, I'll probably notice it from now till forever and send you pictures of the photographers <laughs> that are your competition out there. So the last thing I'll ask you is, um, through your journey that you've had and this jump into photography from teaching, like I said, I love it. I am so passionate when I watch people follow their dreams, their passions, make things happen. And I and I know you're going to just continue to do that. And like, it's going to get better and better. And, you know, just the opportunities are just going to be endless because I think you're similar to me. Like, you're just open to it, right? And like, just keep following it. If there was anything you could have done differently throughout this journey, or maybe one of the biggest things that you've learned, would you have? Or if, if anybody out there going on this similar journey, what would your advice be to them? Ooh, um, I don't think there is anything I would really do differently. I think that I was very lucky to have, you know, a mentor. Um, I think if I were to give advice, it's definitely to reach out to other people, ask for help, be willing to not make any money and just take it as a learning experience. And if you're getting into it to make a ton of money, like you're probably getting into it for the wrong thing. You know, eventually the money, it's not going to mean anything. It's like, do I want to get up and go shoot a wedding for 10 hours? Yes, I love it. You know, I love that. Obviously, being paid for it is exciting. But um, in the beginning, you know, like I worked for free. I asked anybody I could if I could photograph them. I, you know, assisted and I second shot and did anything I could to really kind of get the experience. I asked a lot of questions. I watched a ton of YouTube and it wasn't a lot about just, you know, photography, a lot about it's just like learning how to run a business mm. because that in itself is just like, I mean, as you know, that majority of people fail at things because they don't know how to do the business mm-hmm. side. Yeah. You know, like I feel like that is the one thing that will continue to move you forward is yeah, you can be an amazing photographer or amazing baker or whatever. But if you don't have good customer service, if you're not responding timely, if you don't have a great website, if you don't have like the business side, if you can't manage your money and, 
you know, reinvest in your business, then you're not going to, you're not going to succeed. That's such a good point. I was just having this conversation with someone yesterday saying like every like doctor, lawyer, like anybody out there, everybody, I guess that does anything in college should have to, or whatever, should take a business class. Even a, I know there's the girl, there's a girl who owns a beauty shop uh, down in Haddonfield. And she told me like, she went to a community college, took a business class just to learn when, before she went out on her own, just to like learn things that she didn't know. And I think that's a really good point to anybody who's like, I mean, nowadays you go, I have two LLCs. Like we, we do a bunch of stuff on the side and like luckily, and I constantly am reading to learn more about how to do this more efficiently, how to not pay a lot in taxes, how to, you know, and do all the stuff by the book. But to your point, like learn how to run a business and then follow what it is that you are excited about. And if you're lucky enough to have a passion and have something that lights you up, like you said, I, I, I want to go shoot this wedding for 10 hours. Like I want, and I'm sure that that shows through in your work too, you know, like being there, being present actually wanting to do the job you're doing will like you're going to produce good pictures and like you know be happy and be there for every shot and not be distracted by like not wanting to be there I guess you know is probably the best yeah. way to say it and, and a lot of people are getting up every day going to jobs that they hate or they don't enjoy and and I get that I mean I work a full-time job I don't mind it right and and I think getting to that place and then really being able to see what it is that lights you up and can I make can I do this on the side while I do my other job and hopefully one day make money, right? Getting into something, not yeah. just for the money in the beginning. And if you do a good job, it's it's going to come, you know? But yeah, learn to run a business or talk to some people or get a financial advisor. Like yeah, some of this stuff is free. Like, like, you know, like you can get- 100%, yeah. definitely. Like that was the one thing I knew like pretty early on. As soon as I started, you know, charging, I was like, all right, I want to run this legitimately. Like I want to make sure that I have an LLC and I have insurance and I have all this stuff because I didn't, if I was going to do this, I wanted to do it the right way. Um, I see, you know, far too often people kind of get stuck and they're, they, they're like, well, it's still a hobby. I'm like, but you're still charging mm -hmm. money. So, you know, you got to cover yourself right. and be careful. And, you know, especially with weddings, I always think about this. It is, you get one shot, you get one day. So like you, you can't really, you know, play with it. Yeah, that's a good point too. And it's, it's funny you say that because I have friends that do like artwork on the side or, you know, whatever. And they're just like getting, I'm like, are you, are you getting paid for this? And they're like, yeah, I'm like open an LLC and maybe not for the same, because you and I have talked about this. I'm like, do you know how many tax write-offs you can get from having an LLC? And like you and I have talked about that. You're like, but I'm a, I don't want to push too much. Like everyone's, everyone's tax strategy and this is not financial advice. Everyone's risk tolerance is different, but um, <laughs> disclaimer, not, this is not financial advice, but there so much um if you are doing anything on the side even if you're investing money into something and you're not necessarily making money if it's some type of business if you have an llc you can get tax write-offs you can you know and like i even asked you one day i was like how do you keep your books like i was just i'm just curious like sometimes because i've not necessarily run my own business i've watched my parents run them i'm just curious how people do it they like, do you take a salary yeah, do you do this I like i love those and people that are willing to have those conversations i love it Mm -hmm. I know. And then you just like learn. I mean, I'm always learning whenever I talk, try to like, I meet a new person, we talk, I talk to somebody else, like, how are you doing things differently? Because it can running on a business can be very isolating. Mm -hmm. And it, it can be hard, but it's nice when you uh, meet a little girl gang yeah. <laughs> and or other people that are willing to like, give you advice on that. Um, and I know I am always so nervous about like, Gosh, my husband jokes. He's like, the IRS is not going to find you. I'm like, I'm like, well, I didn't do it right. Like, I'm just like the most nervous person when it comes to all of that stuff. Yeah. But um, get yourself a CPA. Yeah, yeah. get yourself a team of people, and you know, and and you're gonna have to file taxes anyway. So you might as well find a good accountant, you know. And I'll kind of wrap it up in a minute. But your last point about 
running a business can be very isolating. We've talked about this. Um, we went to that like women's lunch. There was a couple of us that talk a little bit more about that. What have you learned from that? And I know we've already said like find a mentor, reach out to people, but how's that? And, and just how has that been for you? Maybe since the last time we talked about it. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, my mentor, she no longer does photography. So I don't really have her to talk to. I had some people when I was like newer. And now I feel like I'm in a different place in my business. And I don't have anyone that's kind of at the same place in their business. Um, I have people that are like more so like starting out that I, I definitely help them. But it is it's hard. Oh, no, no one really else gets it. Mm. Like, I feel like unless they own a business or an entrepreneur, like they don't really get yeah. it. I try to like talk to my husband about it and like he's so supportive, but he doesn't get like the stress and it's like when you care so much about something and it's like your child, mm -hmm. like I imagine if I had a child, that's how I would feel and you want it to succeed and, um, and when you're doing like so many of the right things and you feel like sometimes you feel like it's not going anywhere or when you want to celebrate the successes, like I get so excited about stuff and sometimes I feel like other people don't get it. Like, I remember I texted you when something happened and like, I was like, she gets it. Like, she's like so excited for oh, me. I, I remember you told, didn't you tell Brian and he was like skeptical. I'm not going to say what yeah, yeah. But he was like so. protecting you, but I was like, yeah, like, and I, that, that's your point though. And I get that. Cause even like just having success in life and business, especially when it comes to money, I feel like it's very hard to celebrate that because two things, I think society has made it kind of a taboo thing to talk about. Like you're, you're erring on the side of being arrogant or egotistical or like bragging when really you're just like, like I'm, I work so effing hard. You know what I mean? Like whether it's to make money, be successful, both of it, all of it, you know what I mean? None of it, whatever it is. And there's just some people don't want to see you succeed. And they might not even know that because you said, it, like we said earlier on in the conversation, it triggers their own insecurities and maybe why they're not doing things they should be doing or afraid to push outside of their comfort zone. Or other people just don't know how to relate or be happy for you. And that sucks, you know? <laughs> and there's some people that are happy just kind of doing their nine to five and getting by and getting their paycheck and having their health insurance and like, to having the time at night to do things they want to do. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Like if you don't have that spirit of like wanting to get a side hustle or doing more, like that's fine. Everyone has different things. But like I found that like having this thing that it's all I think about has really changed me as a person. And it's like, I just lit, lit, in a, lit a fire in me that like, I, I just love, you know, I love the business side of it. I love talking to other people about it, learning more and just continuing to like, pursue it. And I, and I could see like, you know, I love photography. Hopefully I could do it for another 20 years. Obviously weddings are really tough on the body. So yeah, how long can you really do it? But like, I'm, you know, always thinking of like, well, what, what other, what other things can I, you know, cook up? Yeah. It starts. To, and I know you always yeah. are. <laughs> I was just talking to Justin about that sometimes. <laughs> so hum, like we spoke, he just like left his job and immediately I admit it for one second. I was like, Oh, sorry, that sucks. But like, what's next? Like, let's go, you know? And, and just being, because to your point, I wish sometimes I could be that person who was just happy to do my, and I tried for so long to just be that person who was happy. I had a good job, good paying job. Can I just like be okay with that? But there was always something inside me that was like wanting more. And for me, I haven't necessarily figured out what that is. This is my first go around at like, hey, let's do something that's like, there's that thing inside of you that just won't stop. And the mind that just won't like, let's go, let's do something with it. And um, I think that's great that you have that drive and you're going to keep going. And, and I just think like, as more opportunities present themselves, like 10 years from now, you might be doing weddings and something, you might be running the company, like who knows, you know, and it's, it's going to be, I'm excited to keep watching your journey. <laughs> yeah, thank you. yeah, I know, like, whenever I worked for and I, maybe you, I mean, kind of feel this too, in some ways, is that like, 
I don't know. Like I always was a good employee, but I always felt like I wasn't doing enough mm-hmm. or like I was doing something wrong or just like I just never felt like enough. Good enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, enough to be there. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't good enough teacher. I wasn't like I just would see all these other people. I always felt like I was doing something wrong. And I'm like, maybe it's just like maybe I'm not smart enough or maybe I'm not this or maybe I'm not that. Or maybe you just haven't found what you're supposed to do. I, so. I think that that's what it is. I know I always, I mean, I still deal with that and I, I've gone to therapy for it. Like I'm also in sales, so I'm always up against the number. So it's like, I just never feel like I'm good enough. No matter how much I sell, I got to sell more. And even when you hit your quota, they are like, hey, now you can do more and make more. And it's just this never ending like Ferris wheel. But, you know, I've chose to be on it and it's, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm learning more and more. But I think that's the entrepreneur in in all of us is that. I'm meant for more, maybe, is the way I'm starting to kind of look at it. Instead of saying, I'm not enough, I'm not doing enough, why isn't this enough? I'm kind of trying to change that conversation in my head and say, like, I think I'm meant for more, you know? And, like, what is that? Like, let's start exploring that. Let's start doing that and start trying things. And um, I think that that's your journey, too. And I'm excited for, you know, what's next and continuing to watch you and grow the wedding business and just, like, do all of the things. And I'm excited for you. This podcast is awesome. When you told me you were going to start it, I was like, yes, do it. And it's because of people like you that have inspired me too. You know, like having you in my circle has been like, like, I was like, I think you were one of the first people. I was like, hey, I think I'm going to start a podcast. (laughs) I know we're always like sending like financial stuff too. And I'm like, I was, I'd been listening to this one financial podcast and I'm like, I love it. It's so weird because it's like basically about people in finance. And I'm like, I'm not even in finance, but I just like listening to it and like hearing what they have to say. And so I thought, um, and then when you said you want to do something like this, I'm like, this is great. It's perfect. It's what people need. I've learned so much from different podcasts Mm -hmm. and other people who are willing to like share and just have, have these conversations. So I'm sure you're going to be able to really help a lot of people. I hope so. Thank you. Yeah. And that's what it's just, I've listened to other podcasts and you get inspired and you're like, hey, let's, you know, like, and I said at the end of the day, if this is just for fun and I get to talk and have these awesome conversations with a bunch of my friends and people that I really truly admire and that inspire me. And then this is like, I get to like 20 years from now, we're going to watch this back and like, <laughs> like, then that's cool too. Right. And just going into it with a, with an open attitude of saying like, hey, like, let's do this thing. It's going to be great. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, We're going to link all your info in the show notes. So if you guys are looking for a wedding photographer, if you are a wedding photographer, if you want advice from Lindsay, so tell everyone where they can find you. And then, like I said, we'll also link it in the show notes. Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at l.armor, like underarmor.style. And then you can find my website, uh, www.larmorstyle.photography. Facebook, Lindsay Armour or L Armour Style as well. Send me a DM. Happy to always connect. Like I said, community over competition. So if you're another photographer and you've been in the game or you're just getting into the game, let me know. Let's talk. And if you need a wedding photographer, I'm here for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Linz. I'm so excited. And um, thank you for being on Uncomfortable Conversations About Money. I'm, like I said, looking forward to continuing to watch you and your success. So thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, this wraps up today's uncomfortable conversation. Thanks so much for joining me. Let me know what you think. And if you learned something new today, I really want to hear if this episode impacted you. I hope you feel equipped to go out and make those uncomfortable conversations just a little bit more comfortable. If you love what you're hearing, please follow the podcast and leave me a review and a rating. Join me on Instagram or visit my blog and let me know what you want to hear in the upcoming episodes. See you next time.